0: Welcome back to the Release, Redeem, Restore podcast, the podcast where we release our fears and worries to the king, where we, well, let's jump right in today, talking about the godly view. Today's question is, where is your identity? Do you know your identity? And how can we find that in God? God. Now, it's going to go a completely different turn than you expect, so stay with me, and we're going to figure out the recipe to understanding our identity and how to live a holy and perfect life. So, let's start in Song of Songs 1, verse 11. We will enhance your beauty, encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. The Shulamite, as it as the king surrounded me at his table, the sweet fragrance of my praise perfume awakened the night. The sachet of myrrh is my lover, like a tied up bundle of myrrh resting over my heart. He is like a bouquet of henna blossoms, henna plucked near the vines at the fountain of the lamb. I will hold. Hold on to him and never let him part. The shepherd came. Look at you, my dear starling. You are so lovely. You are beauty itself to me. Your passionate eyes are like gentle doves, the Shulamite. My beloved one, my handsome and winsome, you are pleasing beyond words. Our resting place is anointed and flourishing like a green forest meadow bathed in light rafters of cedar branches are over our heads and balconies of pleasant smelling pines i'm gonna keep going in chapter two verse one maybe where did it go uh chapter two i am his rose a very theme of his song i am overshadowed by his love growing in the valley The shepherd king. Yes, you are my darling companion. You stand out from all the rest. For though the curse of sin surrounds you, still you remain pure as a lily, even more than all the others. So we see in this passage a little bit of a change from Song of Songs' woman in the very beginning, where she's like, Oh, me, oh my, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Don't come near me. I'm the worst. And then we see at the end of chapter two, She's just, or end of chapter one, sorry. The end of chapter one, she's just like, oh my gosh, it's actually real. Like, I am beautiful. I am. I see the love and I feel it back from from the king. And I just want to kind of break apart some of these words, okay? So we have, so we have in... Verse 12 through, like, about the end of the chapter, 17, verse 17, you see a lot of the poetic words, like, a sweet fragrance of perfume, a sachet of myrrh. And I was looking up in the Passion Translation, it has some different um, commentary at the bottom, and it said that myrrh is actually an embalming oil. And we see that, like, the people... The wise men, when they brought gifts to Jesus when he was a baby, they gave him frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And myrrh is actually, most of the time in that era, it was used, it was always associated with suffering. So she sees that her lover is, like, if if we're looking at it from the lens of God and his children, we need to remember that. He sacrificed his life for us, and he cleanses us with that sacrifice. So we need to remember that when we see the word myrrh, that it's a cleansing, it has cleansing power. And she says in this verse, it's resting over my heart. And then in verse 14, she said, I will hold him and never let him part. That also, it rhymes, so it's very poetic. But we need to remember that as we go through life that we have this Jesus, this gospel, this this person who loved us enough to sacrifice life so we could live. And we need to keep that on our hearts all the time so we have that constant reminder that Jesus gave it all for us. So keep going, and this it says he is like a bouquet of henna blossoms, and I was looking up the word henna blossoms, and I didn't really see where it was, but at the bottom of this, like where it has like all those different um, commentaries, whatever, it said that henna blossoms were actually there's a homonym, which is like the same word, the same, where the same word means different things, right? So a homonym for henna. Is actually atonement or redeeming grace. And so from that, we can see like he is like a bouquet. He is like a bundle of atonement. He brings atonement and he brings it from the vines of the fountain of the Lamb. Wow, what a beautiful picture that is. Like he brings us, he brings change, he brings atonement, which means he brings healing and change. Oh, I'm so glad that he does that. Because then we see that because he brought all those things into her life, if we look at chapter 2, verse 1, she gets to say, I am his lovely rose. I am overshadowed by his love growing in the valley. She knew her worth. She knew where she stood. Her identity wasn't in this broken person anymore. She knew that her love, that love defined her. So let's keep reading in Song of Songs, uh, chapter 2, verse 3. My beloved is my, now this is kind of, it sounds really crazy, but just stick with me, okay? My beloved is to me like the most fragrant apple tree he stands above the sons of men, sitting under his gray shadow. I blossom in his shade, enjoying the sweet taste of his pleasant, delicious fruit, resting with delight where his glory never fades Wow! Suddenly he transported me to his house of wine. He looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine. He revived revive me with your raisin cakes. Refresh me again with your apples. Help me and hold me, for I am lovesick. I am longing for more, yet how could I take more? His left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. I am at rest in his love. The shepherd king promised me, brides to be, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you will not disturb my love until she is ready to arise. I want you to think with me. And think about this, okay? I heard this description about this passage this week, and it said, think about you going, like the Shulamite in this actual story, in the real story, the Shulamite or Shulamite is a person. She is the bride. She wants, she's this commoner. She's looking to the king, right? The actual king, King Solomon. And she's like, the first part of chapter one, she says, Oh my goodness, if I could just have his kisses, mm, mm, mm. if I could just have him and I just could love you, oh my goodness, I would be I would be so good. Oh, I cannot handle, I have such a big crush on you. And she, the woman, what? I thought women were supposed to be quiet about that. It's not true. You should be able to speak your mind and tell people what you think. But anyways, I will get there later. So, this Song of Songs woman, the Shulamite, she had a huge crush on the actual king. Which, she probably wouldn't... That's why she was like, in the first chapter she says, oh my goodness i am so dirty i'm so unclean i'm like actually have calluses on my hands because i've been working in the vineyards and i look like a mess i just told the king that i love him what am i gonna do i don't know what to do and then we see the king come in solomon and he comes in he's like oh man you are beautiful Wow, you are the beautifulest, like, that's not a word. You are the most beautiful woman in the whole country. Wow, I feel the same way for you. And that's when we see that she's like, this is actually going to happen. Wow. She's like freaking out. And then you see in this chapter, um, chapter 2, verse 3, she's like, I'm actually delighting in this and I'm actually like, So surprised but I'm actually here. I'm sitting with him. Oh, I don't know what to do And then she says in verse 5 revive me with your raisin cakes refresh me again with your love Help me hold me for I'm lovesick How could I take more I want more but how could I take it like she's like that? picture like this You know, I don't know. I just think about this like picture of a TV show when the girl is, like, freaking out. She's like, I don't know what to do. And that's what she's doing. She's just like, oh, I just love this guy, but actually it's happening. I don't know what to do. What if I, ah, like, freaking out. And that's what, how we should feel about our king, right? That's how I want to feel about my God, my creator, my the person that I should truly love. The person that I should truly be spending time with. I want to delight in him like she's delighting in her king. The guy that she has a crush on. The guy that she likes. Now I don't want to think about God as like my crush. I don't want you to think like weird stuff about that. Okay, don't don't go that far. Just think about that love though. He's just showing you a picture of a true love. Okay, I want you through this study today and throughout this next part of the studies, when we keep going through this book of the Bible, think about that. Like, are you delighting in God enough to be like, oh, I want more, but how could I take any more? Oh, my goodness, I can't take any more. It's so good. I don't know how to take any more. Let that be our delight. So when it says revive me with your raisin cakes, refresh me again with your apples, I want to take that and run with it. Are we asking God to revive us, to refresh us? Are we? Are we letting ourselves rest in His love? Well, let's take that and run, okay? So let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse thirteen, therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed of the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you are also to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, "Be holy, because I am holy." If you appeal to your father who judges partially to each one's work you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited by your ancestors, not from perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, that of unblemished and spotless Lamb, that like he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God alone. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart love one another constantly because you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Amen. For the All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word of the gospel that was proclaimed for you. Amen. So if we look at this chapter, we see that there's a call to living holy lives. And that's not an easy thing to do. Holy life. I I can't live a holy life, can you? Absolutely not. But we are called to live and strive for that, to be set apart. Okay? Not to be perfect, but to be set apart. So we're going to look at about five action steps that we can take to be refreshed and revived in Christ's love which is the goal of our lives so let's get to it so in here we see that there is an action there's a bunch of action steps but in verse 13 it says therefore with your minds ready for action so our minds are the first thing that we have to do to be ready to be revived and refreshed why do you think our minds have to be first? There is always a thought before an action, okay? There's always going to be a thought before an action. And that's the truth right here that God is trying to teach us through First Peter. That the mind is powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. Mind is ready for action. Then we can do that. So our mind has to be ready. So let's look at Romans 12.2. You've probably heard this before, but let's read it together. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So that renewing of our mind is important because our mind is fleshly. Our mind, which if you don't know, that means that our mind is corrupt. Our mind is not perfect. And... God has given us the scriptures and he has given us the Holy Spirit to discern what is true in the Bible, okay? So we need to be reading the Bible to be transformed. So that's my second point is we study. We have to be studious in the Bible. If we're not studying the word, our mind isn't going to work in the way that we need it to work. So let's look at Psalms 1, 2. Psalms 1, verse 2. Instead, wait, let's read the first one. The first, really. Okay. So the first verse says, How happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He's you're meditating on it day and night, his word, his scriptures, then you're going to know what to do. And it says, if you keep reading in Psalms 1 verse 3, it says, He is like a tree planting beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I heard someone say this the other day that there's, in Israel, there wasn't many trees. There's not many streams. We're living in, They were living in a desert. So when God says that he's going to plant them by streams of flowing water, that means they had to be transplanted. That means they had to be picked up, moved, and then placed into this new life. And I believe that God does that with us in our minds, in our bodies. He picks our minds up, (laughs) figuratively, he picks us up out of our sin and he plants us in this new life in him by that fountain of the lamb. He picks up our ickiness, our sinful nature, and he puts us in the path of righteousness. But we have to have our mind ready to do the thing that God is asking us to do. And we have to study the word so then we can delight in God. So then we can meditate on his scriptures day and night. Let's keep going with this. Our third thing how we can be refreshed and revived in God is we have to set our gaze on God. Okay, so let's read in Psalm 143, verse 5. Remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. And Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as high as heaven is higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen, and I thank the Lord for that because my thoughts sometimes are very punitive, very small. (laughs) Sometimes I forget what I walked into the room to get or I look at my phone and I'm like, I was going to look up something, not sure what it was. That's my mind. I'm so glad that I serve a God who does not forget. I serve a God who keeps on remembering things when I forget them. Praise the Lord. So we have to set our gaze on that. That he knows more than me. He knows what the election is going to be. He knew what the election was going to be. He knew where you are in your life. He knew that before you were even born. He's thinking of us. He has thoughts about us. And they're bigger than ours. So we have to set our gaze on the things unseen. The things that are new. So we can be revived in Christ. Okay. So holding on to that hope in Christ. So we also see in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says... Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of things that are not seen. And that is true. So that's why we have to set our gaze on Christ during this time, okay? So the first thing that we said to revive and restore our lives is our mind must be ready for action. Two, be studious in the word. Delight in the word of God. And three, Set our gaze on the hope of Christ. The fourth thing that I have for you today is the hardest, I think. It's right here in First Peter, from 1, 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who has called you holy, you are also to be holy in your all of your conduct. What a hard thing to do. <laughs> what a hard thing to do is to be holy, to be set apart, and to to love people when we don't want to love people. That's what he's calling us to do. If you look in verse 22, Since you have purified yourself by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, love one another constantly. Even when they don't agree with you, love them. Even when they make you mad, love them. Even when they're not it's not the best job that you have, love it. Even if it's not the right timing, you think in your time you're mad about what's going on in your life, love the people that are surrounding you. That is what God has called us to do. Love God, love others. Be obedient. You can do that. You have the power to choose obedience. I'm going to look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. Now if you faithfully obey the Lord your God, and you are careful to follow all of His commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above the nations of the earth, and all the blessings will come and overtake you. Because you obey the Lord your God. He is power. God is power. Your obedience is power to God. Your obedience is like that spark of flame. That little spark that sets the flame ablaze. Your step to walk in obedience changes lives, my friends. Your one step in obedience can change an entire life. So I'll tell you a story. My one step in obedience. This one time, my friend had a really rough week, rough month, couldn't pay her bills. And she did not want to be shared about. She did not want people to help her out. She was done. She was mad. She just couldn't handle life anymore. My one step in obedience to text a group of friends saved her it saved her faith in god because she saw people come that god came through she saw people who she didn't even know could help out helping out and desiring to help her out my one step in obedience to get out of my comfort zone to be like yo i can't help but y'all can saved my friend's relationship with god to be honest she was about to be done She was about to throw in the towel to God. But my one step of obedience changed her life. What if I would not have stepped in in that moment? What would have happened? She would not be where she is today if that was the case. Your step of obedience will change a life. Do not let your fear Or your gaze to be on this earth and not set on God. To to let yourself not obey and let yourself not see lives changed. Be ready for action. Let your mind be ready for action so you can be revived in the spirit. Study your buns off to study the word of God. One, One sentence of the Bible. One verse of the Bible, one devotion at a time. Who cares? Get in the Word. It doesn't matter how. Do what's best for you. Set your gaze on God, which means you have to know what's in the Scriptures to even know where to set your gaze. Don't know who He is. You're not going to know where to look. Pray to the King of Kings, the Creator, who loves you enough to give you the words that He breathed into Scripture. All so you can obey him and he he can use you in the lives of other people around you. Yes, do it. I promise you won't be disappointed with how you feel after, how you act after. You will be changed if you do these things. The last thing that we have to do is remember to be set apart. God has not asked us to be like the world. He has asked us to look way different so people can say, hmm, that's not normal. Why do they have joy right now in the really terrible time? Huh, why do they look happy when they have cancer and they're about to die. Huh. That is not normal. Let our lives be like that. Let's read in this chapter, Ephesians four twenty-two through 24 To put off your old self, which to belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on a new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. We see that again in Leviticus 11, through 45, which actually is used in First Peter. It says, For I am the Lord your God, so you must consecrate yourselves to be holy, because I am holy. Do not defile yourselves by swarming creature that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God, and so you must be holy, because I am holy. Everything always revolves around us doing things for God. Because God did a lot for us. Let us be holy for Him. So I pray that after you leave this podcast, after you leave this study, you are refreshed. You are given new strength. And that you remember that you can be restored. God wants to restore you. There's just action involved in that. Okay? So remember this one thing, rain refreshes the land, rain comes from a storm, so there might be a refreshing anointing, a refreshing restoration that comes out of a trial. Do not grow weary, get strong, knowing that you can have your mind ready for action, You can study the scriptures to know more about the God you serve. You can set your gaze on the things above. You can obey and follow him anywhere he leads. You can do it. You can be set apart. So the question is today, what is holding you back from the refreshing, reviving power of god let's read one more verse together as we conclude our time let's read in romans 6 6 for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so we may no longer be enslaved to sin i pray that you are no longer enslaved to sin If you feel like you are, release it to Him. Release it to God. Remember that He loves you. Remember that He sent His Son to die on a cross for you. Remember that He, the Son, Jesus, didn't just die on the cross. He rose again the third day, defeating death for you to live a life where you could be connected to the love of the Father. So, I challenge you this week to write this sentence out. I am no longer a slave to fill in the blank. What is that thing that is holding you back? Write that in the blank. I am no longer a slave to worry. I am no longer a slave to comparison. I am no longer a slave to doubt. Let yourself be freed from that thing. Your old sins are passed away as long as you are looking to God and asking him to restore you. So be refreshed, be restored. Know your identity is in Christ. Bye, my friends. I'll see you later. Thanks for joining today. Again, thank you so much for joining me today on the Release, Redeem, Restore podcast. If you want any more podcasts, you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Music. Please leave a review, leave some comments, do a five-star rating because we want to get this podcast out there where people can see it readily, okay? So, also, you can find the website at releaseredeemrestore.org. There's a blog. There's information about the podcast, about what the ministry is, things like that. Go check us out. And lastly, have a great Thanksgiving. Go have fun with your families and be safe. See you next time.